Good morning. Good to see you today. We are so glad you're here this morning. Welcome home. We are not in a series for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to be sharing some different things with you that we're excited about uh, today. As, as uh, Steve mentioned earlier, next week is one service at 10. Be thinking about who you can invite, um, and we're going to have a great time together on Memorial Day weekend. want to celebrate a couple of things today with you. Last week, many of you heard that Pastor Roberto, who is our Hispanic pastor, uh, they meet at 1130 every Sunday upstairs in room 259. And uh, last week, Roberto burned himself really bad. And as a result of that, wasn't able to work uh, for at least three weeks. And so last week, we collected a love offering. If you were here last week, uh, you know that we um, asked you to, to pray about giving an offering towards that. And you all came through and we collected $3,685 for Roberto. And so we want to just say thank you so much. We actually even uh, had some in the community that don't attend church that saw the need and, and, and gave to that online. And so we want to say thank you as well. Also want to celebrate with you. Man, there's just so many great things going on. And we're excited about the car care ministry that's getting ready to start. And that'll be a blessing for our elderly and our single moms. But here's why we meet. Um, a couple weeks ago our, in the, at the homestead, which is our college house, uh, we have an, a, a service every Friday night called Overflow, and two weeks ago we had two get baptized and receive Jesus Christ into their hearts, and the first was Evan Burns, and our second one was Michaela Bachover. and so let's give God a hand, that is awesome. That is exciting stuff to see uh, what God is doing. And so we just ask that you just continue to pray. We're also going to have another baptism coming up June 24th. And I shared and been praying earlier. We have lots of children and students that are getting baptized, which is awesome. But I want to encourage our adults as well to consider being baptized if you've not been baptized. Uh, it's just a, a way of expressing to others that you are following Christ. So uh, we look forward to that. So today is a special, we have a special birthday today. Did you know that? Uh, and you probably didn't see it on Facebook, but today we have a special birthday. You know, on our Christian calendar, we have uh, Christmas where we celebrate Jesus's birth and we remember Easter for Jesus raising from the dead. We remember Good Friday for the day that he, uh, you know, was on the cross and and. Today is called Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. And for a lot of you, you're like, what in the world is that? But essentially, Pentecost Sunday is the Sunday that the Holy Spirit came on the church. There's about 120 believers that were gathered together. And the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to spread the gospel all over the world. So today is the birthday of the early church. And so today with that in mind, I just want to share with you about that. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 2, or you can look at it online as well. But Pentecost Sunday is a day that we remember what the power of God can do in a life. And what I'm getting ready to share with you is just unbelievable. The Holy Spirit comes on the scene for the first time. And, and just to kind of give you a little of a, a bit of background today... 
Um, many of us have experienced different kinds of, of power. We've experienced just been outside and seen, like maybe even last night, and seen lightning demonstrate power. Or we've seen someone who's made uh, incredible strides in some way in their life. Or we've seen a person demonstrate strength in the, in the midst of adversity. There's all kinds of different kinds of power that we've seen demonstrated. But there's nothing like the power of God at work in someone's life. And so today, I just feel like, and I didn't do this in the first service, but I feel like someone needs some hope today. You're in the right place today. There is hope for you today through the, through the Lord and through the Holy Spirit this morning. Well, here's what happened at Pentecost. After Easter, right? Seven Sundays after Easter every year is, we, is Pentecost. And it's the day we remember the early church. After Easter, Jesus appeared to the disciples for like 40 days. And he began to talk to them and, and tell them, you know, that he was going to be leaving and going to the heaven and going to heaven and sending the Holy Spirit. And they wanted to go out and get started telling people about the Lord. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, not yet. You need to wait. It's not for you to know the times and the dates, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses to, to Judea and Samaria and Pittsburgh and Columbus and Gerard and all over the world. And so they're all together in this room. And the Holy Spirit comes. And there was this loud sound that was all around. It was like an earthquake. And fire came quickly down. And the Holy Spirit filled everyone around. And God's power sent folks running to see what was going down. There was people all over the place saying, what in the world's going on? And then everybody shows up and they see a bunch of people filled up and witness people talking up in languages that weren't messed up. You want to throw me a beat back there, Jake, and I'll wrap this. Some thought it must be happy hour. They thought they were drunk. But Peter assured them it's just God's power. And Peter, the man with the checkered past, stepped up and preached a sermon so good, no one cared how long it would last. Peter wasn't close to done, but his words pierced everyone. And they asked Peter, what should we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized too. Peter kept preaching and preaching. He was having a ball because the church that day grew from 120 to 3,000 in all. Now Wednesday, I was reading this scripture. And this little rhyme came to my head that I just shared with you. And I shared it with the staff, and Brian and Age thought it'd be cool for me to rap it. <laughs> Tell Jake to kick that beat, and then I just start rapping it. So no one was in here. Thursday, Brian turns on a little music, some kind of little music, and I started to rap it. And it sounded terrible. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, this would be funny. So I went home, and I said, wait, here's what I'm going to do. And I started to do it. And she said, oh, please don't do that. <laughs> For the love of all that's holy, please don't do that. I, I work in this town, and so do you. It's embarrassing. 
so I won't wrap it. But I thought about it. <laughs> I used wisdom. Pentecost Sunday. Here's a way to remember it. Pentecost Sunday is the day that God's Spirit is poured out so God's church can spread out and tell the world what God's kingdom is all about. That's the simplest way I can explain it if you have absolutely no context of what Pentecost Sunday is. Say it with me. The day God's Spirit is poured out so God's church can spread out and tell the world. To break every chain, right? To break every chain. To break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. It's essentially what the early church was telling people. They begin to spread out and share the gospel. You know, it's real easy to speak with passion and purpose when you are an eyewitness to something. When you watched it happen. And more importantly, not just when you watched it happen, but when you, when you experienced it in your own heart and in your own life. We've all seen somebody who's maybe came a long way in some form or another. But when you're that person that's come a long way, it, it means something even more. And I was thinking about Peter today as we you know, unpack this. Peter had come a long way and we see Peter going Pentecostal at Pentecost preaching his guts out in a way that 3,000 people came to know the Lord. He was filled with God's power and God's spirit and God's purpose that God had designed him for. He was impulsive. He spoke before he he thought. I mean, he had some flaws. He had some failures. And yet, in this moment, Peter is fulfilling exactly what he's called to be. And I share that with you today because some of you are sitting in here today and you're not in that shining moment, right? Where you're exactly where you need to be, the, exactly the reason that you're created. You could be at the beginning of the story the way that, that Peter was, where you're on the boat and, and you're fishing and you're doing life and you've got a broken marriage and you've got broken relationships and you've got all these flaws or maybe you have heard that Jesus can do something for you but year after year you may attend church but nothing has changed in your life there's nothing different and you're still sitting there on the boat deciding whether you're going to follow Jesus or not and and that's where Peter is and this man named Jesus walks up to Peter while he's messing with his nets they've been fishing and he says Come and follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. See, you think that your purpose is to fish for fish. You think your purpose is to make money. You think your purpose is to have a a spouse or to have a house or to have 2.5 kids. You think your purpose is these things and, and some of those things are necessary to live. But the purpose that I've called you to is not just fishing for fish. It's to fish for men and it's almost like something inside of Peter that had been missing all those years and he couldn't put his finger on that it was religious. He just, there was something, like something missing. Have you ever felt that way? And so you, you try to drink it away, you try to eat it away, you try to blame your husband away, you try to blame your spouse away. There's something in there, it's just not 
like you should be, but you're not happy. There's something missing. And maybe that's what was going on. And maybe that's why Peter was like, I'm taking this opportunity. And he dropped his nets along with the others. And they begin to follow Jesus. And Peter didn't get it right. And he got it right. And then he'd get it wrong. And then he'd get it right. And one of the times that he got it right, Jesus sets this question out there. Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Lord. And Jesus says, I tell you this, you are a rock. You see yourself as something much less than that. But you are a rock on which I am going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. It's one of those moments where you're like, really? Oh, shucks. You know, as a parent, you... You see the day in, day out of your kid. You see him crabby. You see him mess up. You see what the room looks like. You see all. But every once in a while, there'll be this like little moment where you'll see something beautiful in them and something like, like you, how do they dance like that? How do they hit the ball like that? How do they talk like that? How do they, they we're, how do they from our family? That person's got compassion. My child's got compassion. How does that happen? You see something in them just for a second, maybe longer, and you're like, I think in that moment, when Peter got the question right, Jesus was like, I knew I picked the right person. And then later, you know, Peter's just loyal, man. He's loyal to the hilt. And it's crunch time. And they're arresting Jesus. And they take him away. And somebody recognized him and said, hey, you're with Jesus. And he says, no. Three different times. And the rooster crows. And if you don't know the story, Peter denied Jesus and turned his back on Jesus. And for whatever reason, he forgives himself. And we find him at the tomb when Jesus is not there because he rose from the dead. And then later, Peter runs to Jesus on the beach and he reinstates Peter. And then we find Peter... Preaching Pentecostal at Pentecost. Preaching to all these people. And what made Jesus so, I'm sure, proud and satisfied. Was because he knew that Peter wasn't there when he encountered him on the boat. And Peter messed up bad when he denied him. But he didn't let his failures define him. And that's the type of person that Jesus says, I want to build my church on. Broken, dysfunctional, not getting it right all the time type of people. Some of you are looking at the outside Pharisees But I know what's on the inside of Peter. I see greatness. And Peter was going to do for others, along with the other disciples and the whole 120, what Jesus had done for him. Today's message is is the call. It's on the call. And our district superintendent asked us here recently to once a year preach on the call. 
And we were in between series, and so I wanted to share that with you today. I want to I tell you up front what, I, what I'm praying will happen today. I believe that God is calling some people off the boat and into the life that Jesus has for them. That's the first call. I believe he's calling some other people who Jesus came by before and called them off the boat and they haven't done anything. They just sat there. And Jesus is calling you to go all the way in and actually stop focusing on the nets and start focusing on what God's called them to do. And the third group, which is why Phil wanted me to preach this today, and I believe it's important, is there might be some in here today that God is calling into full-time ministry. We've never preached a sermon like this, at least in the four years that I've been here. But there could be a child, there could be an adult, it doesn't matter your age. I'm telling you straight up, this is what I'm going to ask you at the end of the service. That God is calling you into ministry. It could be full-time volunteer. We have different people in our church that have given their entire free time to helping the church. It could be a full-time type of pastoral ministry. It could be just to be active in your workplace in a way you've never been before. I don't know that's the Holy Spirit's job to discern, but that's what this is about today. I'm not going to act like I'm going somewhere else and then trick you at the end with a question. That's where we're going today. But in order to fulfill the call, however big or however small, that rhymes, there's some things I think Peter would answer to us today from his life, his story. I think there are times you see, I don't know what channel it's on, but every once in a while they'll interview some old actor and he'll just tell them stories from his life when he got into acting and and now. And if we had Peter up here and we said, tell us about your journey with God, what are some things that you think we would all need to know and learn from? I think there's probably more, but here's the four things I think he would say. You can't begin your new life if you refuse to leave your old life. Say that with me. You can't begin your new life if you refuse. This is not an amen sermon. This is not a sermon that you're going to come out there and say, man, that, that was awesome. This is a reflective thinking about what God's calling us to sermon. And it makes us melancholy and it makes us become introspective. And that's the goal today. You can't mess with the nets, which was what Peter's job was, the nets, the fishing. You can't mess with the nets and follow me. In fact, Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 through 20, Jesus says, Come follow me and I will show you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to give you a preview. I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at what? At and followed him. So the question I had today, I believe the Holy Spirit has gone before you ever showed up today. So I can ask this question because I feel like the Holy Spirit will speak to each of your hearts and customize the message to you based on where you're at. What nets? They could be sinful nets. They just could be hobbies that are more important than God nets. They could be occupation nets. I don't know. What nets do you have to leave behind so that you can follow God? Peter would also say what God sees, not what you see. 
determines what you can be. Now that sounds like a poster that would be up in a teacher's classroom. But it's still true. Let's say it. What God sees, not what you see, determines what you can be. Peter, who had been this totally all over the place, impulsive, probably cussing fisherman, I mean, just a roughneck type person. And Jesus says to him, Now I say to you, Peter, you see a roughneck. You see a failure. You see someone who doesn't know anything theologically. You see someone who doesn't have the training or the background or the skill set to be a rock. But I tell you, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So who is determining your identity? Is it God or is it your past? Is it what happened to you? Man, you could, if you were a youth pastor or you were a teacher at school, you could just lay on this. Are you letting what happened to you determine who you are? Are you letting circumstances around you, the type of family that you were born into, or the type of abuse that you suffered, or what others say about you, determine who you are? Or are you what God says that you are? Others can say that you're not a rock, you're sand. Others can say you've got all these problems, so you couldn't possibly be a rock. The Pharisees, who are the religious people, could even say something about you. But if your hope is in Jesus Christ, it's His belief in who you are that determines what you can be. But you can't mess with the nets and the boat and hang around the boat and the nets and that kind of a situation and want the life that God's calling you to have. you got to be close to Him to see what He sees in you. The quiet time that we've been talking about That quiet place, that time with God, allows you to continually see yourself the way that God sees you. We also see that Peter would say to us, what you do after you fail is underrated and understated. Say it with me. What you do after you fail is underrated and understated. If you have a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, a 13-year-old, you can preach this to them all day long. What you do after you fail. What you do next. We see two major failures in the disciples. We see Judas, who for for 30 pieces of silver, handed Jesus over to the mob. We see Peter... Denying that he even knows the Lord after they'd hung out for three years together and he had been in Jesus' inner circle. We see two people that failed. And we also see two people that handled their failure differently. If you don't know the story, Judas went out and hung himself. And what Peter did after he failed, they're in a boat. 
Then the disciple Jesus loved, which is John, said to Peter, It's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard the Lord on the, sh- on the shore, he put on his tunic, jumped into the water, and headed the other way? No, headed to what? Headed to... Headed to... Right where Jesus was. Are you letting your failures define you? Or move you forward? Are you letting your failed marriage define you? Are you letting it move you forward? Are you letting what happened to you? I guarantee you, 75% of the people in here have suffered some kind of abuse in your life in some way. So it's easy to talk about. At least 75%. Are you letting it define you? Are you letting God move you through it and move you forward? And realize, if you're stuck on the boat, if you're still at the boat, and you're not close to the Lord, it's going to be hard to move forward because you're still back on the boat. The Holy Spirit was now mobilized. That's why we celebrate that today. And the Holy Spirit now comes into hearts. You don't have to be in the, in the physical location that Jesus is in to be close to him. When you invite Jesus into your heart, he's in your heart. He's in your spirit. And he's, he's right in here. And you take him with you. And you begin to cultivate that quiet time with God. Why does Pastor Kyle keep talking about that week after week after week? That's where your power comes from. That's your spiritual fuel. Are you letting your failures define you? Are you allowing them to move you forward? Judas, let him define him. Peter failed forward. Finally, God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. Say it with me. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies. I was at a Barlow Girl concert several years ago with a bunch of teenagers. And they said that. And it hit me. I don't listen to Barlow Girl myself, but students did. Judas believed that his sin and his failure had disqualified him. Peter wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Am I, am I disqualified? He runs to the beach. Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? And Peter says, you know that I do. You ever been with someone or maybe your spouse is like this or something they don't really talk about what happened but they've been mad and then all of a sudden they just stop being mad and they start talking to you normal again and you know it's okay you know what I'm talking about it's kind of like they start to be normal again and you realize okay it's over with instead of talking about Peter's failure Jesus says then feed my sheep don't talk about what happened to you Don't talk about 
what you did wrong. Don't talk about all this stuff. Get to work and spread the news that I am alive and the same power that is able to forgive you. People around you need to hear that power and they need to receive forgiveness. So the big, great, big, scary question, the the tension that's created by this question today is, are you answering God's call or are you expecting God to explain it all? Some of us, we want to do the spiritual math. It doesn't make sense. God, why would you call me? God, why would you call me to talk to that person at school about the Lord? I'm not the pastor. I'm not the youth pastor. I've barely been attending the church. I don't, I don't know enough about it. God, why would you be calling me? David could have said, I'm 12 years old. I don't even, I can't even wear armor. He's nine foot nine, 500 pounds. Why are you calling me? It's almost like the weaker that you are, the more God's power is demonstrated through you because no one was going to give David's physical strength the glory for killing Goliath. God was going to get the glory. So today, God is calling you off the boat. Peter was preaching that day to those 3,000 people and he's saying to them, repent, believe, you can be saved. This morning, if you'd like to answer that call to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ today, you just need to know all you have to do is confess that He's Lord. And repent. Kind of made that a dirty church word. Repent. Sounds like a Bible thumper. But really all what repentance is, is saying, I'm going to be different through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how God's not going to give me a play-by-play, but I'm trusting God's going to make me a new person and He's going to change my heart. And I'm choosing to walk away from that. That's what repentance is. Confessing that Jesus is Lord. If you've not repented and asked Jesus into your heart, that's the first calling. My wife likes Survivor and when they'll do, or Amazing Race, she likes Amazing Race and Survivor. On Amazing Race, you can't find out clue four until you get clue three. And God has a a clue three and a clue four and a clue five. That's good. And a clue six. But until you pick up clue one and you do what that card says, you're not going to know what's on clue five and clue six and clue seven. And some of you aren't ready to get out of the boat until you know what clue 10 and clue 12 is. God's not going to give that to you. Are you answering God's call? And others of you, you said yes to Jesus but you're atrophying spiritually because you don't want to do what's on the card. So like Jonah, you get in a boat, you're in the boat, but you're going the other direction. You have a talent to sing. You have a talent to serve. You have different things that God's gifted you with and you're not using them for God and you know it. And no one else needs to tell you, you know it. then there's some of us that 
Maybe God is calling you into full-time Christian service of some kind. We don't do this all the time. But I want to give an opportunity. Maybe God is calling you into Christian service today. You don't even know what it means. Maybe it's to doing something like what Steve does, where you're good at computers and God calls you to do something like that. Maybe it's to play a guitar. Maybe it's to preach. Maybe it's just to serve in missions. Maybe it's to start a ministry in our church. Maybe it's to start a ministry in some other church, but when you get ready to move, I don't know what it is. I don't have to. God says, I don't need you to know what, what I'm calling them to. Just tell them. Are you answering God's call? Or are you expecting God to explain it all? Let's stand together this morning. Before we worship, in front of you there are some connection cards. And if we're out of them, that means people responded in the first service, which is a good thing. Find something you can write on. What is God saying to you during this message or even into this next song or maybe when you get home? I was telling people today, the win is not necessarily if somebody responds today. The win is is opening people to the possibility of what God can do. And it may be a week or two from now or a year from now, but you'll look back and say, today's the day that God started to stir inside of me. As we worship, if God's speaking to you and you know what he's calling you to, write it down on the notes section and drop it in the offering boxes. We're not going to share that with anybody. We just want to pray for you. If you don't know after the service, continue just to pray. Are you answering God's call? Or expecting God to explain it all? So a while back, I was talking to Wit about just being tired a lot. And she said, I bet you have sleep apnea. That's about six months or a year ago. I said, I don't have sleep apnea. She goes, do you want to hear the symptoms? She goes, says one of the symptoms is snoring. I said, a lot of people snore. She said, do you wake up tired in the morning? Yeah. Do you feel like you don't have any energy? Yeah. She started going through all these symptoms and she goes, you got sleep apnea. You need to go to the doctor. How do you know the Holy Spirit is chasing you? having a hard time sitting here right now? Do you have a hard time looking in this direction? Do you want this to be over with so you can leave? Do you have a lump in your throat? Feel a little bit like God is saying something to you? Those aren't the only symptoms. But it's a sign God's speaking to you. My thought today is if you have that thought or that those feelings, when no one's around in the next hour, if you haven't done it already, say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Speak, Lord, I'm listening. This time, uh, I want to share with you, I'm getting ready to say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. 
every seven years in our denomination, if you're a pastor, you're allowed to take a sabbatical. And a sabbatical is a time to completely disconnect from the church and to hear the Lord speak to your heart, to get around some other leaders that can help, to do some readings, some stuff like that. And so I'm going to be doing a sabbatical this summer. I've been in ministry 16 years full time. And so uh, Pastor Adam has encouraged me to do to take one. He took one a year or two ago while he was uh, at Mountain Grove and a few other pastors on our district have encouraged me to do that. And so I'm going to do that. Pastor Adam will uh, be the lead, the lead pastor essentially while I'm gone. It'll start the second Sunday in June and I'll be back the last Sunday in July. I'm going to take a prayer retreat for several days and pray for the vision of the church and what God has next for us. I'm going to go to North Dakota and visit a church up there that's doing some great things and get some ideas. There's a couple other churches that I'm going to visit. I'm going to read. I'm going to get some rest. I'm going to take some vacation. And so uh, I'm not looking to go to another church. I'm happy here. Sometimes people say when they go on sabbaticals, they think that's what's going to happen. I know that God has me here. I'm excited about what's going on. Uh, and I'm excited about what God's going to say to me and what we want to see God do. So that'll be coming up. I'm excited about that. What does God want to say to you? Are you answering God's call? Or are you expecting him to explain it all? Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us in the gentle whisper. Father, I pray today, if there are some that, that need to ask you into their heart, I pray they would do that. I pray, Lord, that they would know that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that we could be saved. I pray, Lord, if there's been some that have been believers, but they're, they're lukewarm or they're just, they're just stale today, Father. It could be because there's another step that you want them to take and they're not ready to take it yet. Father, today I pray your spirit would allow them to take that and refresh their hearts. And Lord, today if there's someone in here that you have pricked their heart for ministry, I pray that they would be obedient to that. Testify to that, Lord, by signing that card. We thank you. We give you praise for who you are. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you.